0: Get ready?
1: Hello, welcome to the Weekly Cooldown. I am Kami Jace, your host.
0: And I'm Paul Henderson, your semi-regular, guestish co-host.
1: And if you're joining us for the first time, this is the show where we get to know the gaming news of the week and we get to know our guest. It is episode 208 of the Weekly Cooldown and it is January 12th. Happy 2024! Yeah. It's the new Whee. year. And if this we is your it. second
0: time joining us, welcome this back.
1: Is, yeah, correct.
0: If this is your third time joining us, what's up? How you yeah. Been?
1: If you've been here for all five and a half years, six How's years. How's your back? Yeah. What's going on? You miss you missed 90s cartoons yet? Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Damn right. We uh, <laughs> we have a fun guest who I haven't seen in a long time. Um, so we're going to get through these headlines. We're going to introduce the guest. And we're going to talk about uh, freaking video games. So, uh, here we go. Twitch has announced that, uh, <laughs> Twitch has announced that about 500 employees, about a third of its total workforce, uh, are being laid off this week. Bye. This comes just at, days after Unity announced it is laying off 25% of its employees. And after Twitch laid off about 400 employees back in March, 2023. CEO Daniel Clancy said in a blog post that while Twitch has been building a, quote, more sustainable business and other cuts have been made, our organization is still meaningfully larger than it needs to be to be given the size of our business, end quote uh Clancy also cited payment of 1 billion dollars to Twitch streamers last year as a reason for the cuts however Amazon Twitch's parent company reported earnings of 143 billion dollars in October 2023 according to its own earnings report
0: a couple things to note that i want to add is that in addition to that uh i think today actually Discord also announced that they're laying off 17% of their staff about 170 employees. So I guess they had 1,700 employees. Is that math? Oh, I don't but that continue. not right. Anyway, <laughs> no, wait, that, that wouldn't mean they had about 1,000. Uh, anyway, uh, so also um, the lead of Twitch, I think it may have also been Clancy, in that same call or in another call, at some point, he said that in the past like nine years, Twitch has never been profitable.
1: <laughs> I, I can. I, I don't believe that for a no, second. No, no, anyway. I, totally,
0: I totally buy that. And the only reason I say that is because I think that's why Amazon bought them. Is I, I view Twitch as a loss leader for Amazon, kind of. Um, like, they are a... If nothing else, they're a walking advertisement for, um, for AWS. Um, they're a cloud service network of servers. Like, I mean, what more do you need than to see, mm. hey, we have this massive website running... Uh, the Amazon Web Services is great. <laughs> Use our Let's stuff. See, see also... what
1: our guest has to say about that in a minute.
0: <laughs> I want to end on <laughs> this conversation. But,
2: Boo, uh... that is your that is your uh, that is your teaser on what I have to say about it. Boo. Oh, okay, great. <laughs>
0: Hey, how about Alan Wake, huh? You guys you guys heard good things about Alan Wake in my gaming year 2023. Uh, Alan Wake is now on his way to Dead by Daylight as a new Survivor character. Soon after a flashlight teaser was released by Hate Behavior Interactive on Twitter, the titular star of the Alan Wake Games... Alan Wake, was announced. With the character also comes several perks, including the Deadline perk, which increases the frequency of skill checks while healing survivors or repairing generators. The voice lines for Alan Wake and Dead by Daylight are also provided by the original voice actor, Matthew Perretta, uh, who you may know if you played Control as the beautiful face and voice of Dr. Darling. Uh, Behavior Interactive, the yolk, and the yoked body of Dr. Darling. Mm. Behavior Interactive said that Alan Wake has been a huge influence on the team since the game first launched back in 2010, and they are Happy to have finally brought him into the beyond. Alan Wake is set to arrive in Dead by Daylight on January 30th, and he is now available on the PTB. Mm-hmm.
1: And finally, Final Fantasy 14 Japan. Japanese fanfest revealed a lot of new gameplay details over the weekend. But the one thing many players were excited to see is the game's first on screen female Hrothgar character. The character is named Wuk Lamot, And thanks to a now deleted tweet from the voice actor, we Whoops. know that Senna Breyer is, excuse me, Senna Breyer is the voice actor behind the ma- new major character. Uh, Breyer says that she has been a fan of Final Fantasy XIV for years and has been playing Final Fantasy XI since its launch as well this game means more to me than any other in all my life of gaming she said on twitter to be such uh a part of it is such a tremendous honor according to her twitter briar is a transgender puerto rican and german as well uh as uh making many 14 fans flock to her twitter where she recently posted i suppose i should say i post really weird nerd stuff and every thursday i turn into an obnoxious critical role fan um, reasons to love Cenebrae. and those are your headlines for this week. Of course, if we missed any, and there were actually quite a lot, you can uh, tweet at us. I hope she's not in trouble. I think yeah, she, same. I think I was... she said she was allowed to post it.
0: She did say that, but then she also deleted it. So yeah, I don't know. What maybe happened. she wasn't as loud as she thought she's... she was.
1: I don't know. Someone maybe, t- maybe someone told her not to, but.
2: It may have been a miscommunication between the agency and uh, either Square Enix or the studio handling the recording. Um, I'm not 100% certain, but that would be my best guess. Yeah, shit happens. She probably asked her agency because that's probably her contact point. The agency said, yeah, sure. And then she posted it and then someone from Square Enix probably reached out and said,
0: not yet, not yet. Yeah, wow. I don't think she'll be in massive trouble or anything. Like if she was told by her reps that it was good, then I don't think she'll get anything more than like a, hey, just don't do that again. Well, it's but... on the
1: internet already.
0: <laughs> yeah, you no, know. there's no there's no there's no unringing that bell and I don't think it's the biggest PR hit for Squeenix to have that go out publicly. No. They obviously still want to control it, so it's it's not great for them, but it's not the end of the world, I don't think.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, guest who has had things to say, who are you again?
2: Uh, I don't know who am I? Oh, we are, who are any of us? Interesting. What? Uh, what? Where are oh, we? Oh, uh,
0: uh, thanks for asking. Um, I'm Paul Henderson. I am a no. QA over at Alchemy no. Labs here in Austin, Texas. Not
1: what I'm talking about. I've
0: been working in the game industry for a few years now. I uh, got talking my start working on Hearthstone. <laughs> the other one, <laughs> huh? The other one. <laughs> what?
1: The, the, we know who you are. I'm talking about There's the
0: one third that's person
2: on this podcast. That is, yeah, sure is. You were just talking to them. Oh so shit! Suppose uh, there have been rumors. Hey, everyone out there, <laughs> my name rumor. is uh, Ryan Hoyle. I am a um, QA I'm over a, at Alchemy Labs. Nope. I am not a QA over at Alchemy Labs. You uninformed <laughs> philistine! Oh my god! Uh, I am a uh, freelance voiceover actor who has appeared in anime, visual novels, uh, independent video games, uh, all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, I also work full time at a day job that I won't name because I don't want anyone to try and you know find out where I am and then do weird, creepy shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> That's typically why people do not announce where they are. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, shit!
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> uh,
2: I I am in Texas. That's the best you're getting. I'm not giving out my city like Paul just did. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't live in Austin anymore. <laughs> Mm. But I mean, my city is yeah. also on my Twitter, so it's
0: not like I'm keeping a secret.
2: <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at twitter.com. Oh, hold on. That's too early. <laughs> okay. Um, and yeah, I, uh, I, I'm I also a part-time gay catboy. Uh, what else do you want to know? Also, he's oh, Doc do Scratch and Let's Read Homestuck, the YouTube series. Also, also I am the... Uh, until otherwise noted, I am the unofficially official voice of of Doc Scratch for the webcomic Homestuck. That's 100%. true. Fight, me, fight until, me, Viz. You don't have the rights anymore. <laughs>
1: until otherwise noted. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Um, very uh, excited to have you back, Ryan. Very nice to have Yay. you back on. Um, <laughs> Good to be here again. Can you tell... So you, you've listed a lot. A lot of stuff. Can you tell the listeners... Anything in particular they might be interested in knowing that you've worked on?
2: Um, let's see. Uh, I was actually kind of saving this for the uh, plugs at the end, but it's it was released so long ago that that's it's probably fine now. Um, probably the biggest game release I've been in is uh, a game called Path of the Midnight Sun. It's kind of a strategy, it's a strategy RPG, um, visual novel, uh, kind of hybrid. It was released, uh, January 10th of last year. I play, uh, I play a blue haired pretty boy bard. Oh, great. It's a one year anniversary. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. It's just about the one, it's uh, past the one-year anniversary of the release. I play uh, I play a pretty boy bard. I even got to sing, in fact. Ooh. The reason I specifically got cast is because I was one of the few people who, for the audition, for the sung lines, actually made up, like, a tune to sing it to, instead of just randomly, like, singing notes. You know, I knew
0: casting it as the dad in Paranatural would pay off eventually. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But yeah, that was really cool, especially because I got to be in a cast with a whole bunch of other really cool voice actors, like uh, one of the main characters is voiced by Alejandro Saab, who's now um, Akihiko in in the Persona 3 remake, Mm. Uh, was in there with Jonas Scott, the voice of Aiden Caldwell from Dying Light 2, and a whole bunch of other really, really cool people. So it's like, I'm I'm in a game with all these other cool people. What the fuck am I doing here? (laughs)
1: That's cool. Very good. Very good. Very good. Um, and as always, we have to ask you, what have you been playing this week?
2: Fantastic. Question. I've been. <laughs> Paul knows what I've been playing. I've been DMing him about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've been, I've been splitting my time this last week between um, leveling leveling up all of my classes in Final Fantasy XIV. Took I'm, you trying long to get every, I'm trying to get everything to. I'm trying to get everything to ninety before Dawn Trail. Yeah. Uh, got all my ranged DPS, got all my magical DPS. I've just got uh, Dragoon and Ninja left for the melees, and then I'm gonna work on the other tanks that I haven't, because I only have, uh, tanks and healers, because I only have Dark Knight and White Mage to 80, and then once I get all of them to 80, I'm gonna get rid of all of the leveling gear and start leveling them to 90. That's gonna be Um, so
0: satisfying. Man, Sideboard. can I just say how actually genuinely satisfying that process is of taking hmm. every job to 90? I, oh, yeah. I thought I was going to hate it, I'm going to be honest I put it off for literally years Because I I, I had thought about doing it as far back as Stormblood But it wasn't until Endwalker When I finally ran out of shit to do that I was like, I'm going to level everything to 90 and see how it goes And it took me, like, I think the total process Because I took a break during that It took me, like, six months With, like, a three month gap And God, every time I hit 90 It was just like a rush of endorphins every time Hmm
2: well, the way I do it is that I will. I will. The main reason I'm doing it is to clear out space in my inventory, oh, of my yeah. armory chest, for sure. Uh, and I can honestly, right now, at least for seventy to eighty, I can get a class done within about a week.
0: Yeah, that's about wow. how long it
2: took me too. Maybe, maybe two, if I'm being really insane about it. But uh, good pay, good non crazy pace is uh, one class a week. How are you
0: um, ordering it? Because I did it
2: by release order. Oh, oh, interesting. Uh, oh, uh, I do. You mean the classes? Yeah. Uh, I do DPS first because they're less locked to. They're less gear gated than healers and tanks are. Yeah, especially so that, tanks. <laughs> so that that gives me the chance to uh, get leveling gear for the healers and tanks while they're doing that. Um, I'll usually do like one of each. One of each shared. So I'll do. I mean, casters are easy. Once you've leveled one caster, you have uh stuff for all of them. Yeah. Same with of course ranged DPS. And then for the melees, I'll do them in pairs of like shared gear, so okay. I'll do like And I'll and I'll actually usually do one of each pair just to try and get as much gear as possible, and then I'll do the other one and sell and turn in the gear for seals afterwards. That makes sense. And And then I'll always do tanks and healers last because by that point I should have full leveling gear for tanks and healers and it'll make the leveling process a whole lot easier. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I I, I made sure to switch roles as much as possible between jobs because I just needed to keep the variety going. So it was like... I would. I was. I was essentially because I was going through them chronologically. Um, when mm-hmm. I was going through the the base game jobs first, I just like yeah. sort of. I I think I did DPS, DPS, healer, tank is what I did because there's obviously mm-hmm. like twice as many DPS jobs as the rest of them. <laughs> so mm-hmm. to try and to try and get myself as much variety as possible, it'd be like it'd be like ranged, melee, healer, tank, ranged, melee, healer, tank. Until I, I ran out of healers and tanks.
1: I have no patience for this. So. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I very... I, I can't do it. I, I do other things to fill my time on Final Fantasy XIV, like role play and bid on houses. That I don't get.
0: Now you want to um, talk about unsatisfying grinds? Become a fucking Omni Crafter! Holy shit, that's boring.
1: Yeah, that's that's pretty tough. I mean, it's yeah, much that's... easier now. I did it. Uh, there's a lot.
0: I did it. Of, yeah. I regret it. It wasn't worth it, <laughs> but there's I like did a lot lot it. Of stuff now. I,
2: I'm not looking forward to getting my Crafters and Gatherers to, to 90.
0: <laughs> I did it, and when uh, when the next Expact comes out, I'm gonna do it again, and I'm not gonna be happy about it.
2: <laughs>
1: gatherers, I think, are a little bit more. Uh, not easier, but a, a little bit easier to kind of find your way through because you can just kind of put on an anime or something and just be like great, <laughs> gather, smack a rock
0: gather, smack has some another rock wow classic farming vibes it's just like you're running around hitting <laughs> nodes yeah,
1: yeah, yeah yeah. <laughs> like it's fuck, real, doing, it's fuck doing dungeons,
0: we're, we're fighting mobs to 90 men
1: um, Fisher
2: though, Fisher that's fun, you got oh, go, oh, in front sure. of a
1: boat yeah, yeah, you get on a boat then you get on the boat again. You keep doing this until you're 90.
2: Uh, but aside from 14, I've also been playing um, Alan Wake 2. Hell yeah. Uh, My game I've, I've finished up to um, Alan Wake's last chapter, Alan's last chapter before you can no longer like switch between him and Saga yeah. and still have plot differences. And I think... And I'm on. I think I'm past the point of no return for Saga. I just did the save for that before I. <laughs> I just did the save for that before I uh, went and got uh, groceries for dinner tonight, and also went and jogged.
0: I don't want to say too much because Jace hasn't played it yet. I still I haven't played to- it and I'm annoyed because there's one part of Alan Wake 2 that I really want to talk about, and it's okay. not Initiation 4.
2: All right, all right, I got it. <laughs> well, I mean, there's not really much to talk about with Initiation 4, like... I mean, yeah, it, that's you, kind of
0: all over the internet at this point, but... you don't, Oh, like, you're good not news exactly for you. Sp-
2: I'm you're not a s- pro at dodging spoilers. <laughs> I mean, you're not dodging any plot spoilers so much nah. as you're spoiling an experience for Initiation 4. Oh. All
0: I'm gonna say right now, Ryan... Fucking Yotanyo is insane. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, after I like at, when I got done with it the is. rest of that, I went I went back and sat in the theater and I watched the whole thing. I did too. Like, what the fuck is this? I'm
0: I'm not going to say any more but but Yotanyo is my favorite part of the entire game. All Hands right. down. I
1: will I will make a commitment to downloading the game tonight.
0: Please. It's really good. It's really good. Um, Next week is going to be the Alan Wake 2 special, where we just talk about Alan (laughs) Wake for the entire podcast.
2: (laughs) It's really good. I can wholeheartedly recommend it. It's basically everything I wished that Alan Wake Uh 1 was when people were telling me to play Alan Wake 1. And uh, hot take. Like, I understand why it is a cult classic, but... I didn't really like Alan Wake 1 that much. So, Ryan, I don't know if you listened to last week's
0: episode, but the comparison I made between Alan Wake 1 and Alan Wake 2 was Metroid and Super Metroid.
2: (laughs) Fair. yeah, Very, very fair.
1: Yeah, yeah. I get it. I don't. I don't play Metroid. But I get it. Because I played Alan Wake, and I loved Alan Wake. But I know that... (laughs) A lot of people didn't, and I know why they didn't. And I. My
0: favorite part of Alan Wake was when enemies would come out of nowhere and attack you from off camera throughout the entire game, and there's no way to <laughs> to stop this.
2: Like Alan Wake got jump kind scare, of cool during one scare. of the deals. Not even a jump win.
0: scare; it's just bad enemy design.
2: No, yeah. <laughs> Alan Wake One got really cool during the DLC when you were literally like using Alan's writing powers to create things out yeah. of thin air. That was cool. I wish there was more of that in the base game, but the rest of it was just like, yes. Yeah, I mean, this plot-wise, this is cool. I'm just the the gameplay was just kind of like, yeah. well, yeah. Matthew see is a good actor. That is
0: true. He's he's cleaned it up a lot since Alan Wake One. Alan Wake One, he wasn't bad, but God. They needed to slow him down.
2: <laughs> he rushed through all of his lines. <laughs> well, he's, he's, a, he's a writer. We don't know how to, That's know good. How to talk slow. No. <laughs> yeah.
1: Writers don't know how to talk, they know how to write.
0: What, what's really. F- oh, God. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want to just turn this into the Alan Wake show again. Um, my favorite thing that they did in Alan Wake 2. <laughs> With with uh, Matthew Prada's, um voice acting is when he's reading the the like rants in the television. He goes back to his Alan Wake one style delivery. <laughs> <laughs> he intentionally starts rushing his lines and like talking like the way he did in Alan Wake one to make him sound more unhinged. <laughs> anyway, uh, hey, who else? T- uh, Wait, what else to Twitch? Ryan talked about Twitch, right?
1: Oh okay. yeah, yeah. Ryan, what do you got for Twitch? What are you, what are you what, talking about with Twitch?
0: I thought you had, you had thoughts about what happened with the Twitch layout.
2: Oh yeah, I mean nothing other than fuck capitalism. <laughs> yeah. There you go, easy
1: peasy, one two three z.
2: Like every time, every time I hear about these these talks about people like streamlining and laying people off, I just want to ask, okay, so what kind of bonuses did your CEOs mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. last year? Yeah. What what kind of what kind of money are the people up top who are making these decisions making compared to everyone else, and why aren't they pulling a a Satoru Iwata and just I don't know not making as much money so that they can keep their people employed? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 a it's a choice.
0: I've still been playing Monster Hunter World. (laughs) Nothing's changed since last week.
2: Oh, I see what's happening.
1: I, I had the same question, but I realized immediately that Paul was answering a question I've yet to ask him. What's the question? What have you been playing this week? Monster Hunter World?
0: Oh, no, I played some Street Fighter Six this week. Uh, I was on stream with a few friends, and I showed oh, them really? how to do Honda. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I also friend? Showed them, oh, Who was oh, it? Oh, he's just uh, a sexy big black dude. Oh, interesting. Me? What? Oh shit! It was you, Me, That's sexy,
1: big, and black, crazy.
0: And I totally kicked your ass.
1: Telling me like in
0: front of dozens of people.
1: It's true. It's fine. I never <laughs> proclaim to be good at fighting games. My favorite just habit is when like play them.
0: My favorite thing is when Jace busts out busts out the Zangief, and I'm like, hmm, I think I'm gonna bust out the Zangief.
1: Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I actually. Do. It's been so long since I've played Street Fighter Six like actively. And so I switched to Zangief and was like, oh boy, what are the buttons again? Yeah. <laughs> How do I, which way and who and up? Maybe left a circle, a whole circle. I was circle. like,
0: don't worry, I'll show you. <laughs> There's
1: no way to be shown such things. It was like a lot of fun. Such.
0: Anyway, uh, no, but seriously though, I have been playing a comedic amount of Monster Hunter uh, world because of where didn't hmm? where did playing
2: Monster Hunter World come from? So, Monster like, Hunter
0: Wilds got announced, and yeah. well, oh, right, I know that, yeah. And right after that, Capcom basically just went on all their socials and were like, Hey, go play Monster Hunter World. And a hundred thousand people said, Yeah, right, I'm not doing anything. Yeah, that's basically. literally it. Basically, Capcom said, Hey, go play Monster Hunter World, and everybody said, Yes. That was that was that's it. It was it was a it was a, the most basic marketing push of all time, and it worked. Capcom's
1: so strong; they just do stuff and also, it's fine.
0: But also, you gotta remember that Monster Hunter World is the most successful game that Capcom has ever released.
1: Ever, yeah, but still, <laughs> they just be doing stuff and it's fine. Remember yeah. Resident Evil Five? That was fucking awful. That was they kept first. going though.
0: Resident Evil 5, I think, is their third most successful game ever.
1: This is fucking terrible, and they should be ashamed. Remember Resident Evil 6? A little bit better. Still should be ashamed. Code Veronica? I- not great. My favorite though. Mm-hmm.
2: I will I will defend Resident Evil 6 to the death, especially playing it immediately after 5. Playing Resident Evil I don't I don't care how bad Resident Evil 6 may objectively be. Playing it, it after Resident <laughs> Evil 5 was like a eating fresher. a plate of was like eating a plate of shit Oof. and then going to a restaurant where they gave you the world's best back rub while serving you five-star cuisine. Lovingly perfected to your specific tastes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. 6 was not great, but it was much better than 5.
0: Uh, I could go on, I'm sorry, on number, about that, uh, but... Resident Evil 5 and Resident Evil 6 are their number 6 and number 7 most selling games of all time. Um, right in front of Resident Evil 8, actually. Hmm. Fun fact, Resident Evil 5, um, 5 and 6... Resident Evil 5 and Well, in older games. Resident Evil 5 and 6 have actually sold about the same amount of copies. 8.9 million. Huh. And Village Disgusting, sold 8.7 million. Okay. Weird. But whatever. Capcom, keep doing
1: whatever you're doing because <laughs> I guess it works. People buy your damn yeah. games.
0: Hey, Jace. Um, what have you been playing with?
1: Uh Great question, actually. Fa- no. Actually, I've been playing uh i've been playing this bed we made um it is a kind of 1950s noir uh style detective game except you play as a maid at a hotel um
2: interesting
1: it's actually a lot of fun it it plays as a very serious choices matters game as well um and it sets you up for a lot of like crazy crazy who done it what's going on stuff and Mm -hmm. it throws you for a loop every single time and it's fantastic and i i could not recommend it more it's made by a small team um Mm -hmm. the game is set in montreal uh (laughs) it's fantastic
2: yeah i'm looking i'm on the steam page right now and they've got like it looks like they've got like two different trailers going they've had they have one in the banner where it's mixing like game footage and live action footage and then they have some actual like game footage on another trailer below, and yeah. So basically, what it looks like is that you know, in the process of like cleaning up after them in your rooms, I guess you find out stuff relating to the mysteries. Yeah. Solve, solve. Sol- Ooh, that. It,
1: it's been... v- it's very good. It's so so good, and I am on a third playthrough, or I will be on a third playthrough. <laughs> Because I figured out how to get all the things I want to happen, and I just need to make sure I make it happen. It's also in- extremely sapphic. Um, oh, from start <laughs> to finish, very lesbian. Um,
0: uh,
1: this bed we made, go play it, give it a try.
0: Uh, is Hello? that the game we talked I- about last time? Oh yeah, sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love. I remember you I saying there was some. Like there was some LG. It's so, it, in there, but.
1: it's gay as hell.
0: Oh. In fact, it goes
1: beyond just sapphic. It's literally just gay as hell. It's gay all the <laughs> way through. Um, I recommend it so much. That's all I got. Um, <laughs> so, we have uh, two new stories to get through. So, let's do that in a minute. We're going to take a break, as we normally do on these shows. Yippee. And we will be right back with more show.
0: You see, looking up from the ground, blood-red clouds boiling across the sky. You did ask me to bring the thunder. <laughs> Dejen! agent, Help! I've got the chalice, please!
1: Well, if they're following you, then I guess that takes
0: care of a loose end for me. <laughs> All of you feel the earth beneath you shake and crack and break.
2: I feel that I have failed both of you. And I am sorry for that.
0: This has nothing to do with you being a bad leader. Do you want a countdown? Oh, I think I want a countdown. I wanted to help. I always had good intentions. I did not deserve to die. Now.
2: The Lucky Die Podcast is a weekly 5e Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. Join our adventure every Monday, wherever you download podcasts, by searching for The Lucky Die.
1: Hello, hello, Welcome back to the show. So, uh, news. Uh, We're going to go over two news stories this week. Um, First, we're going to start with Final Fantasy XIV FanFest yet again. Um, And then we're going to go into SAG-AFTRA and some AI news. So, starting with Final Fantasy XIV, it is once again news making news final fantasy 14 is once again going through uh showing us their newest expansion titled dawn trail during the japanese fan fest again we got a look at some really big details um from the next expansion uh picked is a new job the new, next race is female hrothgar and we got Another look at, um, the zone we will be going to, Taral, um, including a very futuristic looking zone called Solution 9. Uh, in a recent interview with, uh, with Famitsu, Director and producer Naoki Yoshida, or Yoshi P, said that he and the team approached this expansion as a, quote, second rebirth to Final Fantasy fourteen. Basically, a second Realm Reborn, but without destroying the world and, you know, the game first. Uh, he said in the interview that Dawn Trail would be three or four more times solid, and it will be indicative of the game's future direction.
0: Man, that's loaded. (laughs) It is. It
1: really is.
0: I don't know what to think about that legitimately. I'm like, oh, God, like a Realm Reborn style revamp of the game. Is it really going to be that insane?
1: It's very promising. Um, Like, it's a lot to say about an expansion, Um, especially given the kind of uh, hype the game has had over the years about, you know, basically gutting itself and then rebuilding from
2: scratch.
0: All I know is dragoons getting reworked, and I'm anxious as shit.
2: I mean, what class doesn't get massively reworked? I'm looking forward to having to completely Black redo Mage. my crossbars again. <laughs> okay, fair, fair. I'm
1: hopeful that summoner is different, despite it getting a it pretty big rework.
2: It
0: needs
1: more buttons. Yeah, it does need a few more. Yeah, buttons.
0: more buttons.
1: <laughs> it does need a few yes, more but- buttons.
2: Yes, but not to the carpal tunnel syndrome that it used to be.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, I'm not saying it I needs to be. Fu- I'm not saying it needs to be fucking machinist or anything, but like <laughs>
2: <laughs> something.
1: <laughs> I, don't, I had a lot of fun with the previous iterations of Summoner, and I've been playing Summoner since 2.0. Um, also, I will say, Yoshi P, you owe me a lot of things for Summoner. You owe me Aggie glamours which you said were on the way. You owe me, like, every color of the rainbow carbuncle, which yeah. you said was on the way. <laughs> like, most of it's cosmetic, but you owe me a lot of things for summoner. And to make these big, we're going to make this the second rebirth without Eggie glamours? Come on.
0: I know Better they would on. never do this, but God, it would be cool if your eggy could be, like, a Chocobo companion. <laughs>
2: I do wonder what, like, the whole... Because they do keep mentioning eggy glamours and they keep not happening. And I'm wondering what the holdup on that is. Whether it's, like, a lore problem that they're trying to work around. Or it's just some kind of programming thing. Or maybe just funding budget. Like, they keep wanting to do it. Obviously, I don't work at Square. So
0: I don't know why (laughs) they made these decisions. But I can almost guarantee it's a prioritization issue. Like... Eggie Glamour's has got to be so at the bottom of the food chain of shit that matters for the development team that even if they keep promising it, somebody's still got to do it. And if other shit just keeps coming up, it just can never happen. Mm. I I mean, I saw it happen at Hearthstone. Shit like that happens all the time. Just like small cosmetic things that need to get fixed mm. that just don't. It happens on any game, not just Hearthstone. Oh. You, a, a project will just have low priority things that never get resolved.
1: Mm-hmm. Don't like that. Yeah, need, need it, is, it is. It is
0: weird. It is weird that something that's been announced like that has been made such a high like, priority. You would think maybe that would bump things up a bit for them, but you know, at the end of the way the development team is gonna prioritize what it feels is the most important, regardless of what production puts forth, mm. to some extent. Like, I mean, production kind of can determine the pace of how things go, but. Sometimes it's just like I've got too much on my plate. I need to make sure Dragoon doesn't explode the game right now.
1: Well, how am I supposed to feel if they're telling me that the game is gonna be three or four times more solid if I don't have no eggy glamours?
0: Nah, you're right. You're right for that. (laughs) I think I think it's mostly a a case of bad messaging from Yoshi P (laughs) Hmm. honestly.
1: It's a big it's a big thing to say, even for a you know for what what is going to be a very good, no doubt, uh, expansion. Mm. Uh, it's a big thing to say, you know, three or four times more solid, second rebirth, that's a lot. It's a Although lot of pressure.
2: I wonder, I, I wonder if part of that three or four times more solid is compared to, like, A Realm Reborn itself, which, like, A Realm Reborn is g- was good. I enjoyed my time with it. But the changes they have made since to the structure of the story and, of course, adding trusts and also not making Praetorium and Ultima weapons such a slog to have to do over and over again have that. I'm looking forward to, once I get all my classes to 90, doing a full replay through of everything from the beginning of A Realm Reborn all the way to the end of the Endwalker patch cycle, mm. and I'm very interested because I have not done New Game Plus yet. I'm interested to see how that's changed it from like there were sl- there were some slogs in the Realm of
1: Born. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> so I wonder if part of that whole three or four times more solid is less mecha- is less exactly mechanically based in terms of like content and more in terms of like storytelling in terms with how they are launching like the new long-term arc.
0: i will say if there's one thing that i hope they add to final fantasy at some point it's they add higher difficulty levels for dungeons and i'm not talking variant criterion dungeons they're kind of their own thing um so one thing that I definitely like in World of Warcraft that I wish was pulled forward to fourteen is just so there's a concept in, in World of Warcraft called Mythic Dungeons, which is basically mm. you take the dun- the dungeons have all difficulty levels to them, kind of like they did back in the day in A Realm Reborn with hard dungeons, but it's it's essentially the same dungeon. You don't mm. they don't make new versions of old dungeons. Um, and what it would be cool is if they went back and took those old dungeons and just fucking pumped up the difficulty of them and gave rewards for those cuz what you can do is you can and you can play World of Warcraft entirely without raiding all you you can focus entirely on dungeons and just run increasingly difficult mythic dungeons to get to get loot drops or whatever you want. I think that would be a cool thing to add to uh to 14. I've been saying that for a while. I just well, they do have more. I wish there was more incentive for uh, harder dungeon content.
1: They do have the Criterion dungeons. Yeah,
0: and that's that's kind of it, but like it's like one or two dungeons per expansion out of all the leveling content that we have the leveling content could also be turned into indie game content and i think it's kind of weird that it isn't really Hmm.
2: Uh, i wonder like this is this is pure speculation i wonder if there's just not enough resources to do (coughs) that along with everything else. Say, like, I don't I something. don't know what goes into the I don't know what goes into the game and what, what kind of allocations the team gets from Square Enix as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether it's whether it's just them wanting to keep the game as casual as possible outside of ultimates and yes, I'm incl- yes, I'm including extremes in that cuz extremes are not that hard a lot of the time. Yeah. Um But or whether it's that or it may just be like they have all this stuff they want to do, like the story, like all the storyline content, Criterion Dungeons, new new. What was what was the term they used for Baja? Like Uh, exploration content, exploration content. I'm so glad they're bringing that back. Baja Mm -hmm. was amazing. Um, And if they're just doing all this other stuff that they aren't able to do it. Um, and of course, I also don't know, like how much complexity was added in terms of making sure every new dungeon that they're creating is trust compatible. So I don't know. I don't know. This is all speculation. Mm. <laughs> like I would, I would, I would certainly love for that to happen. I personally. Doubt that it would be coming, just because it would probably already have come by this point, unless they've massive unless part of this whole three to four times more solid is that they have massively streamlined their process for like creating dungeons and can now put resources into doing hard modes again, like proper hard modes. Yeah.
0: All to say, oh, that's a lot. Yeah. I yeah. I wonder. What that actually means for the future of the game. Because so that seems to indicate more beyond even Dawn Trail to me. Just because, cause, okay, because it, it felt like at least through Stormblood, the game was kind of finding its footing in what a patch cadence is going to look like. After a Realm Reborn, like they were doing some experimental shit in Heaven's Word, and then they kind of solided things down in Stormblood, and then they maintained that, at least in terms of content, not necessarily in terms of timing, the cadence of content that we got through um, through Shadowbringers and through uh, through, uh, well, I forgot the name of the most recent expansion. Fuck me.
1: Endwalker. Endwalker, that's Endwalker. the one.
0: And so it makes me wonder if they're going to change the content cadence. In some way? Through Dawn Trail?
1: It could be. Um, There's a lot of things I think that'll change with Dawn Trail. Um, I mean, if you look at the way that content was introduced in uh, Endwalker, right? We got the Criterion Dungeons and those type of things um, in, I believe, 7.2. Or, excuse me, 6.2. Not in 6.1. So... There may be something, I think, new that we'll get, just like with, you know, was new content. We got a, uh, the Heaven on High content in uh, Stormblood, but before that it was the Palace of the Dead um, in, uh, I believe, in Heavensward. I can't remember. But it, it, every, every expansion seems to give us a new piece of the pie, so to speak, and... I think N. Walker will have something like that.
0: If nothing else, the fact that we're going to fucking Night City at some point, apparently. <laughs> Good God. <certainly>.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> I, I've i been seeing a lot of opinions about this from, like, you know, people very surprised about it. Because they're like, this doesn't look like Final Fantasy. Which is, by the way, incorrect.
0: In Final um, Fantasy to- 14, what makes you a criminal? Getting cock.
1: Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. We have all seen it. We have all seen it. Um, but it, it seems to me that you know the the people who say that there have uh, there's always been a shift in tone uh, for each expansion, right? With Heaven's Heart, it's Azizla. Uh With Stormblood, you go from like you know kind of a a war thing uh, to raiding garlean bases for uh you know technology and hypertune soldiers and all this other stuff yeah. um and you know and and excuse me in shadow you go from like a strange fantasy land to like a semi-ancient but also futuristic land and you know and then in you go in you go, right and then yeah. and then and walk you go to space but I think even given the tone shifts, nothing could have compared, like prepared me for holographic billboards. You know what I mean? I wasn't like, re-
0: yeah, I wasn't ready for a, for to see a makeup ad.
1: Right, like for <laughs> everything trail. that they've given us, I could not have seen twenty seventy seven yeah. coming as the next thing.
2: I fucking, I fucking love it because. Like you, you said that about about Stormblood, but one of my biggest problem, one of my biggest personal issues, not like an objective thing, but one of my personal big, my personal bugbears with Stormblood, is it didn't have that batshit shift. Yeah, which is the th- which is the thing. The closest it wasn't. Thing, it the wasn't a thing really like is
1: the big to it. Yeah, yeah.
0: let which which is less of a dramatic shift and more of a hey, let's go do some cia real quick and then get back to it
2: (laughs) right but yeah seeing seeing solution nine i was like okay there's my final fantasy there's my (laughs) weird ass tonal shift i am i am i am i am on board with this
0: title and be like if i need your
2: body i'll fuck it oh my god It's gonna be it's gonna be throughout this entire section, it's just gonna be Paul making cyberpunk jokes. Yeah, no more smearing off ice for you. <laughs> Welcome. I love that I have finished my martini and he's the one going nuts over here. I'm relaxed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very
2: good. Well
1: uh Yoshi P, you're making some big promises, but uh we'll see you in summer. If you, you know who else to, is making
0: uh, some big promises?
1: Zag Afro has
0: announced that they've come to an agreement with Replica Studios on a form of, quote, ethical AI, end quote, when it comes to voiceovers for video games and other media. But many of the voiceover community covered by SAG-AFTRA say they would never discuss such agreements, leaving members like Steve Bloom feeling misrepresented. SAG said in a release on the um, website that the agreement with Replica is not the interactive media agreement itself for which the union is still negotiating. The agreement, which has now been made public to members, includes clauses that requires the developer to get express written commi- consent Pay fees and more. Should Replica wish to use pre-existing voice actors, work through AI. And I feel like there's two factors to this. Um, one of which I'm going to discuss immediately, which is that uh, whoever the fuck was at SAG that decided this needed to be announced in the way that it was, uh, yeah. should not be the person writing those right. things that they announce anymore. <laughs> they uh, they shit the bed on that one. <laughs>
1: What what SAG had uh, really neglected to say when this first came out was that there was a team that was representing these uh, actors who was engaged in negotiation.
0: In a um, very limited capacity with a single company about a single aspect correct. of their business.
1: And so for them to release this information kind of as yeah, as they did really upset a lot of people. And... It does still kind of reek of a kind of, um, I want to say, kind of like over excitement to try and get some type of AI agreement, whether it's individually or with the uh, the big uh, uh, interactive media agreement um, without really making sure that everyone has a seat at the table. In, in a way, real CBA kind of the
0: way, the way this situation was handled, regardless of its actual real impact on everything, felt incredibly blase to a yes. to the point of negligence.
1: Right.
2: It's it's interesting you say that. There was a conversation on Twitter between um, I'm not going to name any names because I don't want to pull anyone into this shit. But um, one director I know who does a lot of work for um, Netflix's done du- Netflix's dubbed anime. Uh, And one other individual, uh, they kind of were in discussion about how essentially, like, what was in the contract wasn't as bad as what people were thinking. But the way that they went about announcing it with basically no information up front was just incredibly irresponsible from a PR standpoint. I mean, there have been so, so many voice actors on Twitter over the past couple of days who have just been absolutely furious. I even jokingly, uh, two days ago, <laughs> quote tweeted it and said, wow, this is a great birthday present, and I'm not even in the union yet. <laughs> mm. um, and I've I've read the contract, or at least the first few pages before it gets into like a lot of the legalese, and I've also... Uh, kind of been keeping abreast of a few of my other friends in the industry who've also gone over the contract and put in their two cents. And part of what it is, is that the company in question is specifically creating these AI voices for use by other production companies. They are not themselves a production company. Mm. They are a company who is creating these voices that can then be used. And the, uh, the way the contract is set up is that you are being paid for a recording session to create these these AI voices that can be used and then there is certainly you know royalties and usage payments that you get for the use of the voices and of course you can renegotiate in I think uh, I think it's 3 years <clears throat> is the uh, time limit in the contract after 3 years either you or your estate can renegotiate whether or not it's being used one thing that I didn't see in the uh, in the contract itself and that has been kind of a bone of contention among the voice actor community, is what was kind of a bone of contention back when the uh, when the strike was going on, that we have no real protections in terms of like, well, if say X production company wants to get wants to get our AI voice data, or wants to get our or wants us to create AI voice data through Replica. We have no bargaining power to say, fuck you, I'm not going to do that. And then they can just hire an actor that's willing to do that. And there's going to be actors who are willing to do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, to sorry to tangent a little bit, but that's been a big problem with a lot of people's issues with the fact that Crunchyroll kind of is notorious for, outside of specifically Union dubs, not really paying really well. But... Everyone wants to be in anime, so it's hard to get everyone. It's hard to get enough people to say no to Crunchyroll to create that kind of withholding bargaining power, so that they will do. They will up their wages. And in a similar way, it's going to be very hard if companies are if, like, say, a actor says, "I do not want my voice, you know, being replicated like this." They're just going to find an actor who's going to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, And that's part of even given that, you know, there are you are getting paid for the session, given that there are basically royalties in place and that you can renegotiate the usage of their voice. It's still the issue that people feel that we do not have any kind of protections in place so that we can say no to this. And, of course, there's also a lot of people who are absolutely, justifiably, I think, worried that a bunch of A-list actors are going to allow this to happen. They're going to allow their voices to be used, and companies are just going to use the databases of these A-list voice actors. instead. A-list actors or A-list voice actors, probably mostly A-list actors, and are not going to hire actual voice actors because it's probably going to cost them less money. And then they can say, oh ex-A-list voice actors in our video game or whatnot. Hmm.
0: Interesting. Yep. No, that all sounds right to me. And, you know, I was... I, it, it, I, I Honestly, I feel kind of defeatist about it at this point. I was... Until, like... I think, honestly, this, but also, like... I don't know, there's something tonally in the past... Almost a couple days, even that it feels like things have just sort of shifted around from "oh, this AI thing is a joke, nobody's gonna take it seriously" to "oh, wait, nobody actually gives a shit." (laughs) (laughs) Not really. Um, for me, the first nail in the coffin was with the finals. Um, using AI through its entire game. Fuck Mm -hmm. that. And like. It's an incredibly successful game. Like by all metrics, that game is doing gangbusters on Steam right now. Yeah. And I, at that point, I'm like, well, fuck, the cat's out of the bag now. Nobody gives a shit. We're screwed. Like I, 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 <laughs> it feels really defeatist to say that, but I'm, I'm more. To me, it's more like. I, I feel like, at this point, I get where sag After is coming from. As incredibly fucking annoyed as I am, and I am incredibly annoyed, I get what they're doing at this point. It, it, for me, the finals, specifically, was what solided in the, oh, we have to figure something out about this. It, this isn't going away.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of, I think, not only unions, but, like, governments and... uh private companies trying to get in front of the word i think ethical ai especially Mm. where they want so badly to not alienate uh their relationships with other companies or people that they've worked with in the past so they are trying desperately to find a way to make this seem like actually ethical Um, But what's happening is that we are rushing towards a goal that we've barely set, Um, which is to say that we're setting these kind of non-existent pseudo boundaries where, yeah, sure, you have to pay me, but like, what are the actual limitations and or what are the actual clauses? Um, And are we getting to that goal in a way that is keeping people employed properly right Mm -hmm. to to me this this doesn't sound like it's going to really keep people employed keep people working right you may get paid for them using your voice and you may get credit in some way for your voice being there um but you're not using your craft anymore right someone's using it for you and Mm. In, in that way it doesn't seem ethical to me right it, it, the the point of working is to work <laughs> so if you yeah. if you kind of take that away and just give someone money because you recorded enough lines for a computer to replicate their voice you're not getting the same quality and and the same uh effort and and kind of bang for your buck in that case
2: no absolutely it's one thing that's Kind of as an actor, annoyed me that you know, one of the things they were saying back when, uh, back when SAG-AFTRA kind of signed the original agreement back, oh god, how many months ago was it? It was this idea that five months, fuck me. Um, it was this idea that you know, you could be in this stuff without actually having to take the time to be in it, and it boggles my mind. It boggles my mind. We are we are fucking actors right like why in the fucking world why in the fucking world what I want a computer program to be doing that for me? Right. I did not become an actor so that I could have everything that I am scanned in and do this work for me. I became an actor to have fun doing the fucking work. And I am a. I am sorry for what I'm about to say, but if you are an actor who is okay with just sitting back and collecting royalties while a digital replica of you does your stuff, You are a fucking disgrace to the goddamn profession. Like, you are not an actor. You are someone who just wants money and fame, and you know what? Fuck you. Fuck you so hard.
1: I am all for, uh, you know, folks maybe wanting to work less, but as far as I see it, this nation especially has been telling me that I have to work a whole lot to get to where some people are um so, so the idea
0: i meant five weeks
1: <laughs> oh wow um and uh for for some of us to be told that and then to also be told by the way we are uh won't it be nice for you to not not have to work and get paid like which is it because uh, now you're telling me i can have it both ways and we know that that that's bullshit so mm. um hmm. i i agree with you <laughs> on all things um yeah so it Ryan, is... tell us
2: how
0: you really feel.
1: <laughs>
2: I mean, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna get in so much trouble for that. Why are you not? Uh, I mean, sorry to kind of monopolize this part of it. No, no, you're making,
0: you're, you're making some fantastic points, think, and you your, think...
2: your your anger is completely justified. Do
0: You know how many fucking rants I've gone on on this fucking podcast, man.
2: Come on. <laughs> oh, and also, no, no offense to anyone in here, but I'm probably, I'm maybe the one most affected by all this. Episode. No,
0: absolutely.
1: <laughs>
2: no, that's totally fair. Um. I think I'm and, trying to be affected by it, but you know. <laughs> good luck. I'm to you, keeping man. my good, thoughts to myself. Good luck. <laughs> um, I one of the things that really bothers me is that yeah, I'm I I'm thinking back to um, I think it was season two of the Mandalorian or the Book of Boba Fett and um, Obi Wan. It was the fact that. There were comments about how Luke Skywalker's voice w- sounded weirdly... Mo- like, weird. Not, not weird in a case of like it was, you know, off. It was just like it seemed underacted. And there were similar talks about Darth Vader's voice uh, in Obi-Wan. And it's one thing that I don't think people get. It's that it's not about whether it's good. It's about whether it's good enough. And if, if the most that you're getting complaints on is that it sounds kind of under baked like people are gonna accept that yeah <laughs> and that's that's the really scary thing mm. and i don't i don't think that like lead roles are going to be as much Affected by AI voices, I think where you're going to see a lot of them used is in Walla, in sort of the background, the background crowd noises, in like really minor like one line roles, like things were, you know, you would hire an actor to do to come in and do like one hour to do like a cup a few minor roles, or you would just have a main actor who has good range just do other roles as well. And that's honestly really scary because those smaller roles are how people get brought into the industry because you're not going to – very rarely are you going to hire someone with no experience to play a lead. You're going to bring them on to do minor characters, supporting characters. You're going to bring them on to do Walla. And that's going – that is where I think AI is going to really, really fuck over people trying to break into the industry. And that that does scare me, the fact that, yes, it may not sound good, but it will sound good enough for that, and no one outside of the industry is going to care.
1: That's literally what's happening with the finals. Yeah. Okay. Well... Sorry to end on a sour note, but that's it for this episode. Nah, that's
0: how it goes sometimes.
1: Um, as we move along toward the end of the show, we always ask that you give our listeners a recommendation. Which game should they be playing or be on the lookout for?
0: So there's this really great dynamic Not shooter you. called The Finals. Not
2: you, Ryan. <laughs> um... Everyone, pre order Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Please. I thought
0: you were going to say pre order the finals.
2: Oh my god. <laughs> fuck no. Fuck the finals. I mean, for one thing, I'm not a shooter fan. For two, fuck them. No. I just went on like a 10 minute rant about how AI voice acting is going to destroy the industry. You think I'm going to recommend that shit? The Even as a bit? No. Nope. Uh,. <laughs> But everyone, um, everyone pre-order Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. It's going to be batshit insane, and I can't wait to see it. And also my good friend Jonas Scott, who I play uh, D&D with every week, is voicing a character in it. So, like, that is my that is my one moment of like, hey, look at this friend I do who does stuff that's way cooler than I am. Um also, uh, you know what? Persona 3 Rebirth. I, I don't know how I don't know how I feel about it, but a lot of people <laughs> I'm either friends with or friends are friends are in it, and it's probably going to be really good. Allegra Clark's in it. That's all I care about. <laughs> Paul, what do you got? Uh,
0: so there's this really great dynamic sh- mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Man, I, I'm kind of tempted to just say play Monster Hunter again. Uh but I already did that last week or fell in the last episode. So who let's think Do now, you know, you know what? No, I'm just going to say, yeah, I'm just going to play, say play monster Hunter some more. Uh, sure. i my, my, my recommendation really hasn't changed from last week, you know. There's a lot of people, a lot of new people playing it right now. So one thing I will suggest is if you're going to play Monster Hunter World for the first time especially, uh, play it with friends. It's a really great multiplayer game. It's, it's always been a really great multiplayer game, and World and Rise are the best for this, I think. And so go check them out. Um, also, you know, if you've got a Wii U kicking around, you know, maybe go play 3 Unite. That game's fun. Or 3 Ultimate. That game's fun. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Uh, Golden Sun and Golden Sun The Lost Age are coming to Nintendo Switch and Nintendo Switch Online uh, January 17th. So I'm going to go recommend that. Uh, Golden Sun is a big part of my childhood. Um, And before the show, Ryan was saying that a big way that uh, he got into voice acting was because of Golden Sun um i remember the tweet saying that he would voice the characters i said i did the same thing i did the exact same thing i love golden sun i think it's a very good series um it's set up a lot of the way i do storytelling uh in things like DD. um some of the hmm. character ideas i come up with i recognize as being from uh golden <laughs> sun but also like kind of late um but it, it's a fantastic a kind of JRPG-style video game uh, and with a great story. Um, a very kind of save-the-world-because-the-world-is-kind-of-messy kind of story um, with a lot of really cool magical powers and stuff. Um, and it, it was originally a Game Boy Advance game. I think that game has some of the greatest Game Boy Advance graphics ever. Um really inspiring video game so give it a give it a look yellow you know, January 17. And finally to finish off this episode Ryan, please let us know where we can find you on the internet and if you have anything else to plug.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll definitely do that. Um, you can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Hoyle Ryan. Uh, every once in a while I remind everyone who follow me, follows me that I, yes, I am a voice actor, but mostly I'm just unnecessarily gay, uh, and tweet about video games and whatever comes to mind. Um, once again, I will plug uh, *Path of the Midnight Sun*. It is out on Steam. Uh, it's uh, really cool. Uh, once again, visual kind of a combination between um, tactical RPG and visual novel. Uh, it uses that. It uses that like animation style where they have like the static 2d images and it animates them it's really cool uh, the like um, uh,
0: real 2d or whatever it's
2: called yeah yeah Uses mm. that's the name of it thank you uh, real 2d um what uh, i'll you know what i'll also plug um synthetic lover it's a uh, queer themed uh visual novel uh, that I play one of I play Terence one of the romanceable characters in that it actually released on the Nintendo eShop back in late December I kind of want to buy it and play through it to see if the sex scenes are still in there oh boy um and what else what else um and also keep an eye out for it and give me a give me one second I need to search for this sorry live 2D not real 2D there we go Timmer studio uh and also keep an eye out for the funding drive for um, Temmer's Studio. They're a small uh, indie uh, company that just got started. Uh, their visual novel, Dragon's Heart Before the Rebirth, uh, probably sometime in the next couple of months, they're going to be doing a funding drive for that. It's um, safer work. Boys Love Visual Novel that I play the lead character in, and it would be it would make me very happy if they got funded, uh, especially if they got funded enough to like pay me to come back and. Do like full voice acting for it so keep an eye out for that as well uh, their twitter is twitter.com t-e-m-e-r-s studio.com no.com just t-e-m-e-r-s studio I'm, I'm a professional i know how to read twitter very good very good uh paul
0: yep um as always you can find me over on mastodon shrike.club forward slash at pauls rock and mastodon I um, also stream on Twitch somewhat regularly. You can find me at twitch.tv forward slash 77 And if you're interested in my work on goings, I have a game dev networking Twitter that I also just post on because I'm unstoppable over at Paul's Work and Twit on Twitter. And uh, finally, I haven't plugged them in a while. Um, I work at a studio called Alchemy Labs in Austin, Texas, where we make VR games such as Job Simulator, Vacation Simulator, and Cosmonious High. Uh, we just ported our games over to the Quest 3, so if you are interested in those games, go mm-hmm. check them out, and you will see my name in the credits. If you send me a screenshot of my name in the credits, it will make me very happy.
1: Oh, precious. All
0: right.
2: Also, I'm s- oh. I'm sorry to interrupt before uh, Kami plugs his stuff as well, uh, but you can also find me weekly on Mondays on Twitch, uh, on twitch.tv slash Anarchy A-L-P-H-A-A-N-I-K-A, i it's uh jonah scott's vtuber every or most wednesdays we um have a uh, DD session called pirate trouble it is a one piece inspired pirate themed DD 5e campaign Mm -hmm. i am one of the players in it uh I play in there with, like, some other voice actors and some old friends from, like, old things. And it's a lot of fun. It's really cool. Uh, We just had a major boss battle last week, and we've got cool stuff coming up in the next few sessions as well, so sorry to interrupt. Uh, You mentioning Twitch made me think of that. Understandable. Very
1: good, very good, very good. Alright, as always, you can find me at Kami Jace Gaming on Twitter, and you can find the Weekly Cooldown as well on Twitter at WKCooldown. Be sure to visit the Weekly Cooldown Instagram page. Visit WKCooldown.com for more news and other episodes. Be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts because it does what?
0: It's good for the podcast.
1: That's correct. It's good for the podcast. Um, speaking of Twitch, I am also on Twitch at Kami Jace Gaming. uh every other Tuesday and Wednesday I'm doing D&D uh every other time that i'm on there i'm doing something else uh drop on in and figure out what what the hell's going on be sure to check out the links in the description including of course our humble bundle for this week and remember that you can support your favorite charities and support this show our logo and art is done by corgian find corgian on twitter at doghouse corgian D O G housecorgian dog I'll Score gorgian on Twitter, and our intro music is done by Riki. Find Riki on Twitter at dog underscore noise d o g underscore n o i s e. That's all for the weekly we cooldown. I am Kami Jace.
0: I'm Paul Fuck AI Voices Henderson. I'm Ryan Hoyle Nyanya.
1: Oh, oh, okay, <laughs> and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs> bye bye. Goodbye,
0: nyan
1: Oh no. <laughs>